Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today I wanted to talk about things to come and things that are happening. But before we get into all of that, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given. Lord, we thank you for being with us during the times in which we are living. Help us to prepare for your soon coming. Lord, we see all of the things that are happening in the world around us and we know that time is short and we don't have have very long in this wicked world. And I ask that you help us to prepare our hearts and our minds for the time that is soon to come upon us. Help us to be strong in you. Help our faith to be strong and help us to prepare our whole mind, heart, and body for your soon coming. We thank you so much for the promises that you've given us. And we ask that you continue to lead and guide and direct us. And we ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful son's name. Amen. With this coronavirus, going on, many people are wondering if this is the end of the world. And the simple answer to that is yes, it is the beginning of sorrows. And as time continues on, it'll be rapid movements, we are told. And in fact, the Bible warns us of this very thing. It says that the signs would get closer and closer together. And it tells us exactly what signs we should be on the lookout for. Luke 21:11 says, And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. So here we're told of a few things. Famines, pestilences, which we're dealing with right now, and fearful sights and great signs. And we see these things going on all of the time, all over the world, and in strange places that have never happened before. We see snow melting in what's supposed to be really cold places, and we see snow falling in really warm places. We see hurricanes and tsunamis. We see all of these things. And it's interesting because Matthew 24 is very similar to Luke 21. I would have you read both of those chapters. But I'm going to read a lot from Matthew 24, starting with verse 3. And it says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. This is very important because there's a lot of different truths. There's a lot of different lies out there that people will try to sell you as truth. And we need to know our Bibles and study to show ourselves a proof so that no man can deceive us. The Bible continues and Jesus says, For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And all of the time we hear about wars and the war that is going on right now and there are wars to come yet that are going to be far worse than the wars going on right now. We must not let it take a hold of our hearts though. We must trust in the Lord. And it continues, For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And now we have a pestilence that is ravaging the world all around us. The whole globe is 
being affected by the coronavirus. And we have seen famines all over the world. We have seen earthquakes all over the world. We have seen all of these things. And this is what is happening in the world around us. And it's getting closer and closer together. And laws are being put into place to put into effect the mark of the beast. Which if you want to learn what the mark of the beast is, please listen to the podcast I put out about it. It's very interesting. And the Bible continues, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So there's more to come. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So So the people in the world are going to deliver the commandment keeping people, us who keep the Sabbath and keep the other commandments of God, they'll deliver us to kill us because they think that that will solve their problems and that way the world will be right again because they're going to blame us for not keeping Sunday holy. And they'll say it's our fault when the fact of the matter is it's their fault for falling away from the Lord. And it says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come that is a beautiful promise we don't need to fear all of these things that are coming upon us and the times are going to get worse things are going to get a lot crazier in this world and poverty will come and more pestilence and more earthquakes and more tsunamis and destruction of all sorts will come to this world and laws will be passed and they'll say that we need to go back to worshiping the Lord and they'll say that because not all of us are worshiping on the same day that's the problem and we're told all this we're foretold that this would happen and we can be ready and prepared and we can prepare others for that as well the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness and then shall the end come so we must use this opportunity of everything that's going on around us to witness to those around us and tell them of Jesus soon coming so that they have the chance and the opportunity to change their hearts and their lives forever. Now I want to read from you from the Signs of the Times, October 9th, 1901, and I'm going to read several paragraphs, and it goes like this. Troublous times are right upon us. The signs of the times give evidence that the judgments of heaven are being poured out, that the day of the Lord is at hand. The daily papers are full of indications of an intense conflict in the future. Bold robberies are of frequent occurrence. Strikes are common. Thefts and murders are committed on every hand. Men possessed by demons are taking the lives of men, women, and little children. All these things testify that the Lord's coming is near. The restraining spirit of God is even now being withdrawn from the world. Hurricanes, storms, tempests, disasters by sea and by land follow one another in quick succession. The signs thickening around us, telling of the near approach of the Son of God are attributed to any other than the true cause. Men cannot discern the sentinel angel restraining the four winds, that they shall not blow until the servants of God are sealed. But when God shall bid his angels loose the winds, there will be such a scene of strife as no pen can picture. That is very solemn indeed, and we need to take heed to this. The only reason why we have been given extra time is because the Lord wants us to get our hearts 
hearts ready and to reach the world so that they can get their hearts ready. But there will come a time when that restraining power is no more and all of the chances will be forever gone. We must get our acts together now. And this is a warning of what is to come and what is soon to follow. We must use this time now, especially this time when we are quarantined and we have to stay at home. Spend it in the word of the Lord. Spend it with the communication between you and God and getting your hearts right and using it as an opportunity to video chat or Bible study online or do podcasts like me or do a YouTube video or whatever the Lord is impressing you to do. Think of some ways you can witness. Post quotes on Facebook, post quotes on Instagram or whatever social media account you are on. Just because you're home doesn't mean you cannot witness to the people around you. Pray about it. See what the Lord would have you to do. She continues, the time is right upon us when there will be sorrow in the world that no human balm can heal. Even before before the last great destruction comes upon the world, the flattering monuments of man's greatness will be crumbled in the dust. God's retributive judgments will fall on those who in the face of great light have continued in sin. Costly buildings supposed to be fireproof are erected, but as Sodom perished in the flames of God's vengeance, so will these proud structures become ashes. I have seen vessels which cost immense sums of money wrestling with the mighty ocean, seeking to breast the angry billows. But with all their treasures of gold and silver, and with all their human fright, they sank into a watery grave. Man's pride will be buried with the treasures he has accumulated by fraud. God will avenge the widows and orphans who in hunger and nakedness have cried to him for relief from oppression. The words of Revelation 18 will be fulfilled. You need to go read Revelation 18. She gives us a verse. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. And the cup which she hath filled filled to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the floods came. And took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. In the days of Noah, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And this is so true. The world is just just like it was back in Noah's day with gay marriage, with abortion, with all of the wickedness and the degradation that we see all around us. Serial killers and rapists and a bunch of other horror things that we could mention. Thieves and murders and the list goes on and on and it's horrible and so wicked that we cannot even imagine 
or think about all of the crimes that are going on. And it's so sick to think about. And I don't even want to stay in this wickedness anymore. We need to be in a world where we don't have to worry about any of those things anymore. Where our mind doesn't have to worry about friends betraying us. Where we can look upon somebody and have heavenly conversation with them and not hear the vileness that comes out of people's mouths. What a day that will be when we can be in heaven and not have to worry about any of this wickedness anymore. And the Lord wants us to be in that place, but we must prepare for that time. And she continues, but though men were so wicked, God would not destroy them without warning. My spirit shall not always strive with man, he said, yet his days shall be in 120 years. During this period of probation, the message of warning given to Noah was to sound in their ears. At first, many were startled by this message. Some believed it and some died in the faith. But as time went by, the message lost its power over the careless, world-loving people. They forgot all thought of peril and laughed at Noah for building an ark on dry land. But still, the work of building went on. Noah showed his faith by his works, and by his faith and works condemned the world. As Noah warned the world, so the people of God today are to warn the world. By their faith and works, they are to condemn transgressors. They will meet the same wicked resistance that Noah met in his day, but they are not to fail or become discouraged. God calls for men who will deal prudently and contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. This is what we must do, and people will call you an extremist. They will call you a fanatic, just like they called Noah a fanatic. But we must remain strong. We must tell them in love and with kindness, but we also must be firm and strict and tell them in a way that shows them from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy that what they are doing is wrong and that they need to repent. Noah was a laughingstock because he was telling the people of something that had never even happened before. Rain had never fallen from the sky and it took so long to build the ark but that was to prove the people to see who would be willing to wait to listen to the voice of the Lord to follow him no matter how long it took and the same thing happens today. I've had people say to me well it's not going to happen because it's taken so long and everybody says that Jesus is coming soon but how long are we going to say this until he actually comes and the Bible warns us that there will be scoffers in the last day but we must show them the proof and show how as time progressed these signs came closer and closer together until now they are screaming at us in our face to get our act together because time is running out and we must prepare just like Noah prepared by building the ark even though there was no rain and nothing happened he lived by faith and so must we today warn the people of what is to come and this is a perfect opportunity to do this because signs are being fulfilled and she continues with this the lord sends to his people the warning take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that day come upon you unawares for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. In these words, the danger signal is uplifted. The warning is given to those who have received the important truth for this time, yet are not making ready for the coming of Christ. There is no time when spiritual slothfulness is excusable. Only by being clothed 
clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness, can we escape the judgments that are coming upon the earth? So it doesn't matter if none of these signs were going on around us, sign after sign after sign, disaster after disaster, pestilence. It doesn't matter if none of these things were happening. Nothing excuses us from being slothful in our spiritual life. We must get our acts together, we must prepare, and we must be clothed in the robe of righteousness that Christ gives to us. We must use this time wisely because time is a talent and we must not waste it. She continues, we are living in a time that calls for decided action. The world is more bitterly opposed than ever to gospel reform. But notwithstanding this, God's work is to go forward. The words of Christ come down to us who are living at the close of earth's history. When these things shall begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. The nations are in unrest. Times of perplexity are upon us. Men's hearts are failing them for fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. But those who believe in God will hear his voice amid the storm saying, it is I, be not afraid. The world is lying in wickedness and apostasy. Rebellion to God's law seems almost universal. But amid the tumult of excitement with confusion in every place, there is a work to be done for God in the world. And especially when this time is where we have the coronavirus, we can use God's medical missionary work that he gives us of the natural remedies of the healthful living and use this as an opportunity and the entering wedge to get people to be interested in what the Bible has to say. This is the time when people will look to us and say, how are you getting better? How can we get better? What remedies do you have? And this will bring many people to the truth. We have to at least try and with trying, we will have success. And we don't know the results of our efforts, but we do know that it is our duty to blow the trumpet. And this is the very thing that she says in this next paragraph. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach. Turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him we must do this we must repent and we must resist evil for when we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil he will flee from us and when we we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh unto us. And there are those who will grieve away the Holy Spirit because they don't draw closer to God. And we must be very careful that we do not grieve away the Holy Spirit. We must get rid of every sin in our lives. We must use this time to confess our faults. We must use this time to make right with the Lord. We have to get ourselves right with the Lord and we must also have the time to go to others and get their hearts right for the Lord. The greatest virus out there is the sin that dwells in our hearts.
hearts. We must get the virus of evilness out of us in order to get well from the sin surrounding us. Healing is not just about healing yourself from the sickness, but it's also spiritual healing. We need to be on guard for the devil's attacks because he is coming at us like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he is trying to plant in us a virus that infects our whole body. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about the virus of evil where we want to do evil, where we want to do the things that we know we shouldn't do. Whether it's things we watch, things we eat, things we do, and the list goes on and on. But you get the point. We must get rid of all of these things. And one by one, we must heal ourselves so that the virus is completely gone out of our hearts and out of our minds so that we can have a pure heart. And this is what the Bible says to us over and over. It tells us to cleanse our hearts and purify them and to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift us up. And that's such a precious promise to us. We have so many beautiful promises, precious promises in the Bible. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must commit these verses to heart and to memory and fill our hearts with the whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure and of a good report. And I know I'm paraphrasing these, but look them up for yourselves. Do a Bible study on this and see whether these things be so. And you will find that the Bible is full of these many encouraging things. And now is the time to plant these things in our hearts instead of sowing wickedness because there will come a time when it will be too late to get the virus out of us so that we cannot be healed both spiritually, mentally, physically, or whatever it might be. We have to be ready now. Now is the time because very soon this world is going to end and this virus that is going on globally is just the beginning. It is leading to laws being put into place. Prophecy is being fulfilled all around us. We can see that time is fast approaching where Jesus is going to come in the clouds of glory and we must get ready. In 4MR 324.3 and 4 it says, time is very short. Deliverance is coming and Satan knows it and is working in great power. I can see the restraint is being taken off from the wicked and very soon when Jesus steps out from between the Father and man, it will be entirely gone. Now is the time we must watch on every hand against the wiles of Satan and have steady abiding faith in God. Faith that will stand the trial. Such faith as Elijah had when he prayed for rain. He prayed once and sent his servant to see if there was any sign of his prayer being answered. And although there was none, outward appearance was against him. Yet he did not give up in discouragement, but bid his servant to go again yet seven times. Elijah had faith that holds on and that would stand the trials seven times. At last the cloud appeared and the heavens gave rain. Bless God, the prayer of faith will bring the dew of heaven and our souls will be watered by it. Hold on to faith. Let your feelings be what they will. Oh, how my soul feels for the flock of God. I long to be out among them. I often awake myself crying to God's people to get ready, get ready that the cloak of almighty God may be thrown around them and they be hid in the time of trouble. And this is so true. We must get ready for this great time of trouble and we must have the faith that Elijah had to keep going out. Even if it takes seven times, some things just don't happen right away. Some things we have to pray over and over 
freaking sometimes it's yes sometimes it's wait and sometimes it's no and the lord knows what's best for us we must ask for his will to be done and not our own will st january 25 1910 paragraph 17 and 18 says all the inhabitants of earth are soon to meet the great lawgiver over his broken law there are many many in the popular churches who know little of the real meaning of the message for this time i appeal to them not to discourage the fulfilling of the signs of the times which say so plainly that the end is near oh how many who have not sought their soul's salvation will soon make the bitter lamentation the harvest is past the summer is ended and my soul is not saved when will men learn that god is god not man and that he does not change every calamity every death is a witness to the power of evil and to the truth of the living god the word of god is life and it will abide forever through all eternity it will stand fast how can man knowing what god is and what he has done choose satan's way instead of god's way there is only one path to paradise restored the path of obedience and we must take that path if we want to be saved otherwise we will be lost eternally lost and that is sad indeed 15 mr 229.1 says the signs of the times are fulfilling in our world yet the churches generally are represented as slumbering shall we not take warning from the experience of the foolish virgins who when the call came behold the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet him found that they had no oil in their lamps and while they went to buy oil the bridegroom went into the marriage supper with the wise virgins and the door was shut when the foolish virgins reached the banqueting hall they received an unexpected denial the master of the feast declared i know you not they were left standing without in the empty street in the blackness of the night we need to prepare for that time because like the wise and foolish virgins we are asleep and it is high time to awake out of sleep and prepare for the bridegroom and we must make sure that our hearts are filled with oil and oil is representing the holy spirit and the word of the lord and we must have both of these things we must fill our hearts with truth we must also make sure our lives are right and that we are right with the lord and have the holy spirit within us and there are coming upon us these great trials and tribulations and there are so many things that are going on and the people are scared i have never seen such a wide global disaster i mean people are breaking into stores and stealing things people are hoarding things up for the future and people are losing their jobs and no one is working because of the quarantine it's going to lead to so much debt and so many problems that we cannot even imagine we thought the great depression was bad but there is coming a time that will surpass anything that we have known and have seen but we have nothing to fear if we are right with the lord because the lord will be with us we must go into the mountains and be safe we must go and prepare our own food we must follow what we are told and the counsel that we are given we are given these warnings for a reason so that we can be ready and even with all of the readiness there will come a time when we will have to rely on the lord and trust in the promises that he gives us and we have to know that he will come for us and there will be some of us who will meet death because we refuse to bow down to the dictates of the government because we will not disobey the lord and that is okay we have a great reward waiting for us in heaven if we remain faithful to the lord we must stay true to what the lord has told us we must read and study take this time once again to get ready for the time that is fast approaching that is here even at the door the midnight hour is fast coming
coming. And these signs that are happening right now are warning us and telling us that we must prepare and watch and pray and warn others as well. I've had people ask me, is this the beginning of the end? And we've had to say, yes, it is. Prepare your hearts, prepare your family and your friends' hearts. Tell them of what is to come so that they can be ready. Now is the time to decide between good or evil. And how, after all that we know about what Satan is doing and what he wants to do, how can we follow in the path that he wants for us? We can't. The Lord loves us so much more than the devil does. Now, I want to sing this song that fits perfectly with this. A lot of songs actually fit well with this, but I thought this one especially spoke of what we were talking about. This song is a shelter in the time of storm. The Lord's our rock, in Him we hide, a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Mighty rock, in a weary land, cooling shade on the burning sand. Faithful guide for the pilgrim band. A shelter in the time of storm A shade by day, defense by night A shelter in the time of storm No fears alarm, no foes afraid A shelter in the time of storm Mighty rock in a weary land Cooling shade on the burning sand Faithful guide for the pilgrim band, a shelter in a time of storm. The raging floods may round us beat, a shelter in the time of storm. We find in God a safe retreat, a shelter in the time of storm. Mighty rock in a weary Cooling shade on the burning sand Faithful guide for the pilgrim band A shelter in the time of storm O rock divine, no refuge dear A shelter in the time of storm Be thou our helper ever near A shelter in the time of storm. Mighty rock in a weary land, cooling shade on the burning sand. Faithful guide for the pilgrim band, a shelter in the time of storm. And he definitely is the shelter in this time of storms that we have going on right now. And we need him now more than ever. And I want him to be my shelter, and I want him to be your shelter as well. So go to the greatest, mightiest rock and defense that we have ever been given, and we will be safe in the coming storm ahead of us. And he is coming, and we must prepare, like I said so many times, and we'll say so many times again. And remember what it says in Matthew 5:16: Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.